Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Today's episode, football lessons. Yes, sir, football lessons. American football, not soccer. And for those of you overseas, please bear with me. I had an experience in high school with football. I played basketball. I ran track. I lettered in both. <clears throat> but they wanted me to try out to the fo- for the football team because I was so fast. I went to exactly one practice over the summer, and I almost died. People hitting you, balls thrown in your face, please. So that was my experience playing the game, but I've always loved to watch it. And I thought I was a New England Patriot fan, but I found out really I'm a Tom Brady fan, so I've been following Brady as he's been playing for Tampa Bay this past season. And so the matchup yesterday, as I record this yesterday, between Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers was very high on my list. And I didn't know that Brady at 43 years of age could come through, but I hoped he did. And Rodgers and the Packers, well, that's one of the great teams in the league this past year. But what I learned from this game is that execution is insufficient without a good strategy. All the talent in the world won't do anything for you if you don't have a good strategy. A strategy, after all, is a framework that establishes the parameters of the decisions you make to create your nature and direction. At the end of the first half, with the Patriots leading by perhaps four points, there were 13 seconds left, and the Patriots faced a fourth and five, something like that, fourth down, five yards to go. Brady ran off the field so they could punt and then run out, uh, and then end the, end the quarter, end the half, really. And I noticed that they put his coat on him on the sideline, this thing that keeps you warm, but then they snatched it off again. He had conferred with the coach, he was running back on the field, And with 13 seconds left, the Patriots ran a play to gain a few yards and a first down. But now they had only about four seconds left, whatever it was. And this was going to be the last play of the half. And Brady rears back, and he fires about a 40-yard touchdown pass to one of his guys in the end zone corner. Now, this should never happen. Tony Romo, who was the announcer, said, that should never happen! Because with that little amount of time left, you back your defensive people up, so that they're on the goal and they don't let anyone get behind them. But this guy got behind, caught the pass, and now the Packers were losing, not by four points, uh, but by uh, 11 points. The end of the second half, with the Buccaneers up by five points, uh, excuse me, by eight points, eight points, Green Bay drove down the field, There were just about two minutes left, and they had a first and goal on about the eight-yard line. So they had really four shots to score and with a two-point conversion tie the game. However, Aaron Rodgers, uncharacteristically, threw three passes that were not caught, and now it's fourth and goal. Now, don't forget, here a touchdown and a two-point conversion ties the game, even though Brady would get the ball back. And in fact, at the end of the Super Bowl several years ago, when Brady came back against Atlanta, after a 25-point deficit, he threw not one but two touchdowns and two two-point conversions to tie the game and win it in overtime. But the Packer coach decided that they'd kick a field goal for three points. Field goal was successful, but it put the Packers down by five, so another field goal doesn't help you. So this means you have to stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady on the next kickoff to them or recover an onside kick. And if you did stop Tom Brady after three downs and they had a punt, well, you'd have the ball deep in your own territory 
and have to march downfield with it with no times out left and perhaps 50 or 60 seconds. When they asked later after the game, the Tampa Bay coach, why he went for that crazy play at the end of the first half, he said, we didn't come here to not try to win the game. When they asked the Packer coach why he called such a strange, strange play when you've got an all-star quarterback who could have thrown the touchdown pass and then maybe tied the game, he said, well, I thought it was a prudent thing to do. Now, the Packers were the strongest team in the league this past year, and they were playing at home, and Brady is 43 years old. But tactics are about the ability to execute well. Strategy is about determining what should be executed, what should be implemented. Vision entails philosophy and meaning. Are you there to win the game or not? And too many consultants I know and other entrepreneurs enter into relationships and discussions with potential buyers and clients trying not to lose the business rather than trying to win the business. Now, many companies have simply reacted to competitors. Honeywell used to sit around worried stiff about what IBM would do that year. They were strictly reactive. Lexus copied the cosmetics of Mercedes, but not the engineering. Strategy is about achieving a vision and understanding what you have that will get you there. What needs to be improved that you have, what needs to be abandoned that you already have, and what needs to be created or brought in. That's what strategy is about. For example, Mercedes, the aforementioned Mercedes, their decision to go down market and sell cars to begin at $30,000 was not a good move because you could buy a $180,000 Mercedes and be in the same service line with the same service personnel and the same wait times now that they were trying to service so many more and so many more inexpensive cars. The American Express strategy to constantly go up market from green card to gold card to platinum card to black card is brilliant. And in fact, if you look at the American Express uh, tagline today, it used to be, don't leave home without it. Well, now nobody's leaving home because of the pandemic. And so they changed it to, don't live life without it. Brilliant. You have to know what the prudent risks to take are versus the absolute gambles, which you can do when you have a clear strategy. Now this applies in a lot of places. It applies to casinos, for example. Because when you're ahead in the casino, you're playing with house money. If I've won $2,000, that $2,000 is not from my bank account. I can be bolder with it as long as I'm willing to lose it and not go farther. It applies to nine profits. Our dance company, our ballet here in Providence, where I'm the president of the board, we're dancing. The two big regional theaters have closed their doors for the entire season. Because of the pandemic, we've found ways to dance. The Packers' strategy was not apparent. Rodgers was sacked five times. They knocked him down, sacked him five times, not because of inferior players, but because the Packers didn't have a strategy that dealt effectively with the Tampa Bay defense. The Bucks' strategy, Brady's strategy, was followed throughout the game, the coach's strategy. And despite three interceptions by Brady, made by Brady, on three consecutive series, which is unheard of, they nevertheless won the game. That's why the strategy to try not to lose business is so weak, because the tactics that follow it are craven. It's not, unfortunately, just about how you play the game, no matter what the Olympic motto is. And that's why the Olympics, this pristine (laughs) endeavor, this institution of it's how you play the game, 
They keep count of medals at every Olympics, and they play the anthem of the winning country after each event. This is a Darwinian world. Life's about winning, but you better have the strategy to do it, because no amount of talent and hard work overcomes poor strategy, and that is the uncomfortable truth. Mm-hmm.